While reading is fun, your mental health is funner. We want to make sure that you are fully prepared for what you're about to read. This book contains detailed descriptions of violence, detailed description of male-on-male sexual assault, detailed descriptions of male-on-female sexual assault, sexual abuse, child trafficking, and death. If you are ever in a place where you need to talk or connect, please text or call 988. This is the USA National Suicide and Crisis Hotline. You are listening to Book Talk, the podcast where four internet friends talk spicy books with spicy language. I'm Tori. I'm Alex. I'm Liz. And I'm Chris. And we will be your literature captains for the evening. Last week, we read Dante by Sadie Kincaid. It's a dark mafia, enemies to lovers, forced proximity romance. Uh, The blurb goes a little bit like this. It says, I hate Dante Moretti. He's cold, calculating, and vicious. It's no secret that he wiped out his former fiance and her entire family on the eve of their wedding. He's the kind of evil that makes even devils cry. But that's not why I hate him. I hate him because he has taken the only thing I have left in this miserable world, my freedom. He has changed me to him because of a debt that I don't owe. I just have the misfortune to share the bloodline of the man who does. And now I'm trapped in this gilded cage and the only thing I have left to do is run. And I try. I really do. But he is everywhere suffocating, all-consuming, intoxicating. He is a paradox, a man with a heart as cold as ice, whose passion rages like an inferno. Why does he see into my soul in a way that nobody else ever has? Why does the slightest brush of his skin make me make my pulse race? My mom always warned me to never play with matches, but if Dante Moretti is fire, then I want to burn. I just have to say, I read this book. I started it Friday morning and I ended it Friday morning or Friday night, sorry. Like so yeah, I read before it finishing a, it or like just decided that you were done? Oh, no, I loved it. I oh, finished good. it in a day. Yeah, good. I, I was going to say it really like, quickly, too, because I but I was doing my nails. So I, I feel was like it was the audiobook. I feel like it was just such an easy read in comparison to Den of Vipers last week that like, yeah, I blew through it as well. I think I, yeah. I finished it in like a day, if not a day and a half. <laughs> I think the only reason I struggled through it was just because I was like mafiaed out because I did enjoy it. And I wrote that down. I was yeah. like, I wish I read this before Den of Vipers because I feel like if I read this beforehand, I would have devoured it in a day. But like it took me a couple of days just because I was so I had read a mafia book in between that. I was about and to so, ask because I thought you had mentioned that you had found yeah. something that was like a little similar, but a little different. So I was yeah, wondering so I read, how you were faring with that. <laughs> I read a mafia book in between Den of Vipers and this. And then I even though you knew this was coming up. Even though I knew it was coming up. Also, it's it was so... a, it was a trilogy. So I read all three. So, so that's just one. You no. Know, so I read I've read four ma- dark, very dark mafia books before Dante. So at that point, I was like just very mafia out but once i started reading it i i truly did enjoy it i i thought it was a good book and i would honestly after i have a little palate cleanser we'll probably go back and read the rest of the series because i did enjoy I, it yeah like i yeah i didn't expect to like joey as much as i did when they introduced her yeah and i so i very her. much want to read her book i enjoyed it i think it was a easy read it was a quick read I, I think I was irritated a little bit with like the similarities with Den of Vipers just because we had just read Den of Vipers. If I had taken a book in between them, I don't think it would have been so bad. Um, but I was like, all right, been there, done that. I had a little, I had some issues with Dante, but like with not the book, the person. <laughs> yeah. But like, we'll get into all of that later. I really liked it. It was, I've, it, like you said, it was such an easy read, mm-hmm. and I just flew through. Hell yeah. Okay. She also well, wrote a Why Choose. I'm looking at the author. Sadie Kincaid? Yes, I'm looking at her other book. She wrote a Why Choose, and she also has a completed mafia series about the L.A. crime boss. That, that he, like, like mentioned? Reference. Yeah. I was wondering what that was, because, like, I feel like no author brings in a random secondary character like that unless like we are supposed to know them or they have an upcoming book. I just didn't do my own research like that. Very cool. 
Okay, so let's start with going over our ratings. Um, I put for my overall rating of this book, I threw it at a three and a half. But I think that's just mainly because I was a little mafia out from our prior book. I did mine as a 4.5 um, because I read a few books in between Den of Vipers. So I definitely got the palate cleanser of murder. So um, yeah, I gave it a 4.5 because I-, I loved it. <laughs> I gave it a four. Um, it was a little slow. Like, I, it was a little difficult for me to get into just because I had read four mafia books in one week. <laughs> However, while I was reading it, I genuinely enjoyed it. And I would read more by this author. So I give it a four. I gave it a 3.5 stars of overall enjoyment. I did like it. But I also think the stories from the Den of Viper, it ran together almost to where I, like I had afterwards thinking about it, I had to keep reminding myself that I was dealing with two different plots because I did not do any sort of palate cleansers in the middle. It was literally like it was diet Den of Vipers. That's how I felt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, as far as enjoyment of reading, I put that one as a four, four stars. Like again, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I think it was. It. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was repetitive to the Den of Vipers sort of vibes, but like the storyline was good. I generally liked the characters. I liked the flow of it and where they were kind of going. And so I put it like a four for enjoyment. And it did have twisty turns in it. It did. It it was a lot more plot filled than the Den of Vipers was, which I heavily appreciated. Yes. Because I was like, as much as I want them to fuck every chapter, maybe I need something to happen that's actually interesting. Um, for enjoyment for me, I'm going to stick with the 4.5. I was into it. I also gave it four stars for enjoyment. Same thing. Just should have had a palate cleanser in between the books. However, did enjoy it. Would read more by this author. Uh, for ease of reading, I also put that as a four. Uh, I probably would have put it as a five if I read through it in one sitting, but I accidentally fell asleep because I know no bounds when it comes to sleep. And then my body was like, no, shut the fuck up, go to sleep. Um, and so I think I probably would have put it at a five if I did that, but I failed. So put it at a four. Ease of reading. I, I'm doing a five um, because I did finish it in like 12 hours. I also gave it a five for ease of reading. I feel like even like I feel like it wasn't easy for me to read because of me, not because of the book. Although I will say the one part where he gets revenge on the guys who uh, raped her was mm-hmm. not very easy for me to read just because it was like insanely graphic and I was not expecting that. It was really left field. Like yes, this is, this is where you decided. Was to do this. not expecting. Yeah, that it- part was not easy to read just because of like the graphicness of it. But how far they went? Is it bad that? Yeah. that I loved that part? I love the justice, but also <laughs> the justice. It was, it was disturbing. Like, where did this come from? Because everything else, like they've done nothing. I mean, nothing remotely similar to this. The entire. But there was a lot of fingers up buttholes. So at the same time, I'm not exactly surprised because we got a lot of anal talk in this one. We were missing a little bit of anal talk in the last one of Minus Knife. We we made it up here for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, not for sure. They could have had more. But I mean, is there ever enough? For Chris, no. Never (laughs) enough anal. Okay. We can go over chili spices as well. I put that one as a four. I feel like it was a pretty constantly, like once the sex started, it wasn't like Dinner Vipers where like it just never stopped. There were stopping points and there were different plot points in between it, but I felt like it was a consistent amount of spice once it started and it was never just like vanilla. There was always, there was always a little something. I will say the scene where he yanked out her tampon because she was on her period. She was worried that he like, didn't want to do her with her tampon. He's like, nah, blood's not going to phase me. Let's, let's do this. I was like, why, why do I love that? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) you're just going to yank it out and just, okay. Like, (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to, you know, I might be saying a little bit too much about my sex life on here, but I don't give a shit. Um, I don't care. I love period sex. I love period sex. We have a whole period blanket that we put down. But the thing is, I have to go out into my bathroom and take out my own tampon. And I read that. Mike Dennis, Which is like, always the weird walk of shame that you yeah. have to do. And it's like, it's I, not even, we all know I want to do this. Happen. But just yes. pretend like I didn't just 
yes, leave real like, quick. <laughs> I feel so awkward doing so. Like, okay, you set up the blanket. I'm going to go get myself ready. Like, <laughs> I'm going to go freshen up in the bathroom. <laughs> yes, I want that man to yank that shit out and just go there. So thank you, Dante Morelli, for that. Um, um, my chili spice, I did 4.5. I really liked how he pushed her boundaries but also tried to make her more comfortable with him during those moments and I felt like it really helped her heal past what had happened to her yes I and it's a very respectful approach yes and I feel like really like it didn't rewire her brain but it just like made her more comfortable with her sexuality so I gave that a 4.5 because I just I really enjoyed that I, I liked that. how he helped her heal. Yes. And like without her even fully telling him what had happened, yeah. he just kind of caught on and he was like, yeah. oh, okay, we need to go about this. this yeah. Way. Very noticed. Like, I don't know. He just noticed a lot about her and I I appreciated that in the character. Yeah, definitely. I gave Spice four stars. I feel like you probably, I don't know if anything will ever reach five stars again after being <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't know if there's anything that will ever be as spicy that I will ever read ever Uh, so I gave it four stars I liked the spice sometimes I felt like a few of the spice scenes towards the end were a little slow um like I felt like they could use a little a little sparkle pop I feel like they forgot about her belly a little bit too much in the end yes because I'm like what do you mean I forgot what position she was in but I was like are you sure because you're supposed to have like a big old belly Uh, and you're pregnant like with a baby a whole baby in there not like the cute little beginning pregnancy no that's like like wearing the overalls pregnant yeah after you give your spice rating i do have a little tangent to go on about that give your spice my spice is a 3.5 and i think it's because of den of vipers that after reading (laughs) that i was like here there's the bar is set she didn't have a knife in her butthole so (laughs) i'm not about i where's the knife in the butthole uh but also i felt like it was repetitive and it was like okay well we're gonna do like we're just gonna keep messing with your butthole and that's gonna be like the whole very exciting point i feel like we could have done more different things we could have done a little bit more bondage i don't know something else i thought it was gonna come in because when they had the conversation about lorenzo being into bdsm which i kind of felt like was a cop-out to hint at lorenzo's book i thought it was like gonna be like Mm. a conversation about bdsm and i feel like more it was just to get people excited to read lorenzo's book because like nobody would like who says that in public about that yeah that's yeah who like and I that kind of made me mad because like in a true bdsm relationship like you're not i don't know you're not like talking about other people's dom sub dynamic within yeah your but own like conversation. yeah but they were also in very a BDSM random relationship like uh cat and dante were in a B- bdsm relationship so like I think that's probably where those lines kind of blur a little bit because like it's so much easier for people who aren't in that life to talk openly about it because they are not in it and they're probably a little curious about it. But yeah, I agree. Once when you're in it, this is not your it's not your place to talk about. But I genuinely thought he was going to be like, well, you know, like this is what they do. And it even because they changed their dynamic, they were going to bring some spice. You know what I mean? That's what I thought was going to happen. And it, it didn't. Um, yeah. real quick, yeah. I want to I want to speculate wildly. So Lorenzo, like this was the first book of the Chicago series. So like Lorenzo's book are, is his wife gonna die in Joey's book, and then like he's gonna about. be with somebody else because his wife has cancer and it seems to be really bad. I don't think they're gonna kill Anya only because they built her up so much. I think, and this is just my opinion. I think that the cancer is kind of building like the frail trope where she's like sick and weak and small, but she's like mighty and powerful. And like, I think it's going to make her endearing as a character. And I think it's going to give us that like small, tiny, like needs protecting from the world. I don't know if fiery, but sunshine. Like I think there, it's gonna give us total sunshine. Lighter, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. I see that happening. Okay, Liz, go on your tangent. 
that I had the same issue with Denna Vipers. You need to pick if she's a curvy girl or she's a skinny girl. I, and this is like just an issue I'm having where like, I think authors are trying to be body positive, but they're not writing curvy girls. But it's like from both aspects, we know what we have and what we don't have. Right. Like skinny girls, we don't got asses like that. Right. We, and like, they're, they're, my we got little bubble butts. Like, little. I don't care if she's a skinny girl, but just make it ref- like make it accurate. Like, I feel like all these authors are talking about how tiny they are, but they have like a Kim Kardashian butt. And also the boobs, like the talking about how like Diet literally one of the first things she said was like she has huge boobs. And I was like, right. What in her uniform. But yeah. Tell, yeah. But tell me why she's described as this like curvy, curvy girl. And then but how but tall then is she? About, right. They talk about how tiny she is and how she's swimming in his shirts and how she can wear his shirts to bed. Girl, I know you can't get your left boob through his size medium fitted uh, T-shirt. <laughs> Don't even get me started because yeah. uh-uh, I got a double D's and my husband wears a size large and I can't even get my left titty through his wife. <laughs> That's really happening. But I think it, I think it's what you're saying. Like they're trying to be this whole body positive thing. And it's like, don't try to fool. Everyone knows what they have. If you're trying to make her this small thing, she's not going to have a badonkadonkadonkadonk. She could be an average build. Yeah. Totally cool. And like, but don't give, don't talk about how like curvy and voluptuous she is because I feel like authors are really afraid to use the word fat. So when we hear curvy, we think a plus size queen, but then you're talking about what a tiny little petite. They're not saying curvy in the same way. And I think that that is even less their teeter representation. Yes. It's like you want to, which I follow a yoga instructor that embraces the word fat and says it like, we are not supposed to be utilizing this as like a, a bad word, like say it openly. Right. And I feel like the battle with writing it is because of the connotation with that word for so long that a lot of deprogramming that people are having to have around it that they don't know how to write it, which makes sense. But at the same time, don't describe bodies that literally if we drew these out, do not exist. And if, and, like, they, and like, if we yeah. do draw them out, it's not going to be how you want to describe that. And like, I was going to say pretty much like the same thing. I just feel like it's counterproductive in that part, like in that part, like when they're trying to be body, body positive, saying like curvy, whatever, but they still describe her as skinny. They're now describing these bodies like the Kim Kardashian body where like they are fake bodies that are not given naturally. And that young girls these days aspire to have when it's just realistically not that possible unless you are graced so so beautifully with like the perfect perfect genes that no one is and so like when the skinny yet curvy just basically say big boobs big ass but teeny tiny i'm like that is the problem with the body like with a lot of like body image these days like every girl wants big ass big tits teeny tiny waist yeah exactly I feel like it was very counterproductive in that sense. Yeah. Like, where are we going with this? Because we talk about how bad this is. Yeah. That's all you're describing. We don't got to have a teeny tiny waist. No one gives a fuck about a teeny tiny waist. I don't like, Mm-mm. do I like titties? Yeah, I like titties. But I'll, uh, I'm understandable. I mean, like, that's not the part I'm looking at right now anyway. <laughs> and like, I I am uh, self-aware enough of myself to know that I am not a big person. I'm pretty small, always have been, but like, I also know that like my waist size is really not that small because I have an athletic build. I am shaped like a cardboard box. I don't have the teeny tiny waist and like, no matter what I do, I will never have the teeny tiny waist because my body's just straight up not built like that. And so glorifying (laughs) teeny tiny, like cinch weights, like hourglass shapes is just not realistic for some people because- Yes, it's just not going to happen for some people because their bodies say, no, this is not how your bones lay. So like, not going to work, <laughs> my guy. And it's just, I, it's, it's I problematic. Think it's the itself. trying to make it sexy writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, how do you sure. say this stuff while remaining sexy? Well, like you, I think at that point, I have to look at it from a reader's perspective of when you as an actual reader are reading these scenes, like, what are you imagining? For the most part, you can be generally kind of vague, not entirely vague, but you can be generally vague because 
the reader is taking that and forming their own bodies around it. At least that's what I do and everyone I've talked to. Like the direct details don't necessarily matter in that moment because at that moment it's a movie essentially. Mm -hmm. So they could be a little bit more lenient on what exactly you're describing as super small or super big. Yeah. I think it bothered me so much just because we had the same issue in Den of Vipers where like it makes it sound like she's plus size, but then it talks about how teeny tiny she is and they throw her around and how like small she is and how like, and I'm like, just which one is it? Yeah, Yeah. just like you're and either- all of these men cannot be six four. Do you know how tall a six four man is? Right. That's like, really- so yeah. like whenever I tell my husband about like the spicy books that I'm reading, that is like his biggest takeaway from it. He's like, why is it that every man in this book is like in all of your books are like six four? giant fucking dick and always but- ripped <laughs> all of them. <laughs> every single one. Every They're single one me is like every fucking- single male character is Hung as above hell. six feet tall. And it's got a giant fucking dick. All right, not an average one. Cute. Honestly, like size genuinely is not like when I read that in a book, I'm like, sounds painful. Like a bonus factor. Yeah, Yeah, I'm like, sounds fucking painful. Yeah, I think it's the body, the body positivity realistic. It applies to males too because I'm like, dude, that's not what a dick is. That's that's not what a dick is. And it's like, that's not what we want out of a dick either. <laughs> that's not what I'm focusing on. I'm focusing on her outcome over here. So you can make that essentially whatever size you want it, as long as it's having the same outcome, which it can. Yes. Yep. Like, I don't even remember what book it was that I was reading recently, but the guy had a 12 inch stick. And I'm like, that's too much. Unnecessary. <laughs> Have you ever seen a 12 inch stick? No, and I never want to. Well, if I've seen what somebody this whip, if it's if that shit's on a man <laughs> and somebody whip that shit out in front of me, I would run the other way. Absolutely I not. No, I don't Ghost. want that anywhere I'm done. near me. No. no, hell no. I care about my own lady bits too much. Get the fuck Take away that from shit me, back. Uh-huh. That motherfucker back there is not <laughs> real. Not real. <laughs> I wonder, are there? This is a question I have, I guess, for spicy uh, author talk. Who has a regular size penis out there? Or who talks about a less than average size penis out there in their books? What I want to know. I I haven't read a less than average size, but what I gather from like the ones that I have read is like when they don't describe how big the dick is, just that it's beautiful. I'm like, that's an average dick. That's That's, when it's not a massive (laughs) dick cock. That's gonna, yeah. I don't know how it's gonna split. It's gonna fit me. I, yeah, I know it's gonna uh, be like an average size. Yeah, I'm like, that's the average man. And like, I've that's tried like, solid, this, that's a solid 6.5 inches. Right there, yeah. yeah. Like, whenever Dennis asks, like, well, where are like the normal guys? I'm like, in small town romances. Yeah. Those are the ones. Yeah. <laughs> Anywhere else, no. But like, you want like a normal <laughs> average dude, small town romance. There they are. <laughs> Doesn't want to tell you. Uh. (laughs) I have another question in terms of characters for me personally I think that Dante while I did enjoy him I felt like he was a little two-dimensional and at at times he fell a little flat I also felt that way about Massimo I felt like he was just I felt like he didn't do anything shadow figure in the back (laughs) yep I felt like he was just there for dialogue to get like tell us what was going on but then as soon as there was a mention of the love interest I was like wait we were paying attention to him he's just been standing there in the corner (laughs) I think she wrote her like female characters really well because like I felt I really enjoyed so I had I had some issues with cat just in the way that like i expected her to be but not like issues with her as an overall character because i did enjoy her as an overall character she just wasn't what my brain expected it um but i loved joey i loved anya i loved and all of like them. which was i even love like the contradiction so, yeah, yes den of vipers den of vipers Correct. we had the exact opposite problem where yes. there were no strong female characters even no. our yeah main female character was annoying as hell yes and like i loved how strong the female characters were in this book given that they were in a male-driven world and like and that they spoke on it that joey and kat talked in detail about how like women in the mafia world just don't have the same sort of freedom and liberties that the men do and that 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 was a problem and something that they didn't want and also i loved um i loved nikki and like her whole oh, story, yeah. I loved that. So like Sadie did so good 
at writing her like female characters. I genuinely love them. Aggressive queen. Yes. Yes. I, I, I did. I, I feel like I agree with you that the male characters like Dante, Massimo, uh, Maximo, and also Lorenzo were a little like two dimensional. Like they're like, Dry. this is who they are. And that's it. You get nothing <laughs> else from them. But like you like who they you like who they are. But like I I wish I got more depth out of everyone, but I still didn't dislike them as a character, you know? Yeah, I didn't dislike them. I just felt like they fell kind of flat. And I felt like if Kat wasn't there, I wouldn't be rooting for Dante. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we needed more from him personality wise other than him just like committing crimes all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say uh, absolutely fuck leo fuck that guy and oh my god yeah her brother okay but did anybody else feel like the ending with leo was a little short yes because i actually put that i thought if the the dad scene where uh dante kills his father could Mm -hmm. have went over i felt it was a little anticlimactic because we had this like kind of confrontation with leo and we had like five full detailed pages about what he did to the guys that assaulted her and then we just got like barely anything for her brother which surprised me i thought that if his father had like set it up where essentially he like went to leo forgave leo's death if he killed cat because he wasn't sure if cat was gonna out him and then we had this like confrontation between leo and cat and Liz, have you ever thought in. about being an editor <laughs> honestly <laughs> because i even listening to our last one i was like these are so literally, good like you literally. the ideas that you can spin from these and the way like when i send you my book because you're gonna be the one that Correct. i'm gonna be like here you go this. <laughs> tell me what to do when Dennis was listening to our last one, he goes, man, if I were the author of this book, I would be so embarrassed because Liz just wrote it better. <laughs> like, yes, she did. She, she wrote completely it so much better. extended it. You could have had an entire career out of it. That was gonna... <laughs> <laughs> Your kids were going to college. Also, what they just said. <laughs> yeah, you missed an opportunity. But like, honestly, your idea is top notch. It's not, it's fun. Like for me, I kind of just like to predict what's going to happen when I get into it. And so like, sometimes I get a little disappointed because I feel like the story I like concocted in my head. Yeah. But I will say, I don't think the ending was bad. I just thought that we had two confrontations that were a little anticlimactic. And I think (laughs) that it could have been better if it was like this big tumultuous conflict towards the end. You know what I mean? I did think that they were having a boy, though. I did, reason, too. I thought so, too. I thought that they were having a boy. And so at the end, when it was a girl, I was like, where did this baby girl from come from? Like, I thought yeah. they were having a boy. I don't know why I thought that they were having a boy, but I just did. Yeah, I, I also don't feel like the epilogue added much. I'm a big no. advocate that if your epilogue does not add anything to the story, it's unnecessary, especially if you already have a sequel coming. Like, I feel like we could have gotten yes. that snippet with them and the baby in the next book that's coming up. And so I feel like the epilogue was just truly not needed. Yeah. Yeah. Like the wedding? Was that the epilogue? No. The, with the baby. I had thought about the wedding. But I said, right. I feel like the epilogue was unnecessary. But I'm a big advocate. Because like, what gender did you think that the baby was? Me? Yeah. A girl. Oh, I thought the baby was a boy. We and then at the end, when so, it was like it was a girl, I was like, wait a minute. What? So I, I expected it to be a girl just because of her and Joey's conversations, like Kat and Joey's conversations about how like women were in that world and how Kat, ex- like she expressed that she didn't want to raise a daughter in that world. So my brain was like, they're going to make it a girl. Absolutely. So like, that's why I expected that. And I was like, oh, okay. I think I I'm felt right. a boy because of the kind of passing down of generations that the next I think there was going to be a boy well i think because like because cat had expressed to dante that, that she sense. doesn't like what women are in that world and how her and dante have had the conversations like that that's not what he wants for that world that like yeah them having a daughter then like if sadie decides to do a next gen sort of spinoff from the series making the girl the leader of the mafia fucking badass fucking badass and so like i think that's a really good setup just because like now the girl is the heir and i think that's really fucking cool if she goes that route i think it's very hard for authors to do 
just being honest because like Cora Riley built like a mafia empire and then went and tried to do like a next gen series. And so she wrote the daughter of the one of the mafia leaders as this like badass independent woman who like falls in love with this motorcycle club president and essentially he like changes his last name to hers and she has like this big role in the mafia and her that book was like the one of the worst performing like it has the lowest rating on goodreads all of the reviews are just tanking because i think that a majority of people when they they read mafia to read about tall dark and handsome men and so, yeah. like, I think as an author, it's really hard to do when I you're think, a niche yeah, audience. Yeah, I think it's because people aren't because people really are as into that yeah. as much as they say that they are. I was about to say, like, they're not as accepting of it or as attracted to it as that they say it are. Like, yeah, it's good in theory, but once they're reading it, it's like, see, but the, also on the alternative, uh, I read this. It I read this book called Skeletons of Society. And it's by Marie Maravilla, I believe. And it's basically, so it's not quite mafia, but it's cartel. And like the woman is the one who's in charge of the cartel. Like she's the head bitch in charge. And the man um, alternate uh, opposite in the book is like a member, one of the leaders of the local motorcycle gang. And like literally the main thing with that book was that no one that was combining forces with the cartel, because she had like this nickname, like, within like every they have nicknames she had nicknames so no one expected her to be a woman and that everybody sort of didn't take her seriously because she was a woman before they found out who she was and like she fucked shit up and like he ended up being like absolutely she's so badass i love that so much and i really i really enjoyed that book and i haven't heard a lot of people say bad things about it so i think it's all about like how the author writes it but also like i i do believe that some authors can do really well with next gen series for example uh do you guys know rena kent like have you read many mm-hmm. rena kent oh my god okay <laughs> i love rena so much um one of my favorite series of her it's it's still developing i think it's called like the legacy of the gods series it is a next gen spinoff from her first like series and i didn't read the first series until after i read the first three books of the legacy of the gods ones i fucking devoured those i just wrote uh, that down <laughs> It's so good. Um, but like, I didn't even read the first ones until after I read those. Cause like, I was so hopped up on Rita Kent that I'm like, I, I need more. And then I found <laughs> another one and then my brain connected what it was because they were describing these characters. And I was like, I have met these characters as, as, as adults and parents of the people from before. And then oh, I started looking yeah. at it all. And I was like, she did the whole series for the parents first. And now she's making this super successful series with the kids next, like at, at, cool. in their adult age. That's fucking crazy. cool. I love that series. I'm going to send a couple. I I think that I might choose one of them for my book in a few weeks just because like just to get you guys into it. But like, we'll see how we feel if we need a fluffer piece and I'll choose something else because Rena does dark. Uh, I love how we can just force each other to read a book that we're interested in for like, you know what? (laughs) You're all my friends. Correct. I'm really into this right now. (laughs) Yes. But like, yeah, I'll send a couple to the group chat. But like, Rena Kent did a great job with the next series. And um, it just, I think it all just depends on the author and how they how they go about it really I will say I feel uncomfortable during next gen series because like I feel like it's always this very spicy couple that has a baby and then I feel a personal connection I'm like oh they're a happy family now and they have a baby (laughs) and then I read about the like their child growing up and like getting railed and to me you're a baby yeah you're a baby like I can't okay so when when we enter the arena Kent because I'm forcing you guys to do that I will start with the second gen series so you don't think about them as a child and then you can think about their parents because you already envisioned their parents as adults I'll just so, go that's back a good one. to their grandparents. That Yeah. Alex, I want to know your thoughts on the ending because you said you wrote a lot down. Yeah, I pulled a U. Um, so <laughs> I think we should call that like a little segment is pulling a Liz. So with her brother, the whole situation there, they could have just said in this book, hey, he is missing. We still can't find him. And then she could have made an entire book of them having a whole situation of coming across him or finding him or he is in some shady shit again 
And then they could have done this where him and Kat do a face-to-face show-off. And it could even go down with like her having to be the one to kill him. I was thinking she should have done that yeah. as well. Yeah. I feel like she didn't because get she didn't even any closure. He, Dante killed him before even talking to her about it, talking to her yeah. about how she found him and doing everything just like, oh, too late. I already take, I already took care of it. But like, you'd think that yeah. the way she'd want to know killed that- him without even talking to her about it. I was like, I understand I think- what he did was wrong. But at the yes. same time, I would be mad. I, honestly, yeah. like, I'm like, like, I get he sold me, but who the yeah. fuck are you to be killing if my like, her, If you're going to make her confront the men who assaulted her, but you're but not, not her gonna brother. Make her confront exactly. Her brother, like who sold her to thing? those men? Like, right. and has an like a personal relationship with like her fucking brother. She grew up with him and you're not going to let any real closure be done. No. Come on. I thought Come he was going to bring Leo back. Yeah. Yeah. That's when the dad was going to get involved and there was going to be this big like show off at the end. The whole thing with the yeah. dad. So dad, I never expected to like the dad. So like I was very happy with not liking him. Um, But I also feel like his death was a little anticlimactic. I just I, I yeah. felt like both him and Leo's needed more like th- they needed more to their death. I just felt like we were lacking in a little bit of closure in both of their deaths. I feel like they I were too quick. I also feel like, so right at the end, we find out that the dad was involved with human trafficking and like- Out of nowhere. Dad, yeah, out of nowhere. Obviously, he's the bad guy. Obviously, we want him dead. But like, yeah. I feel like we could, we should have gone back to where Dante like took a stance against it. And Dante like had talked about like how like- the his mafia was like extremely anti-human trafficking and how like disgusting yeah. he believed it was because like it just kind of came out of left field yeah where, like, yeah yeah he was a good villain without it, that it didn't Correct. add it anything just... to the story i feel like it was just the reason why he wanted cat dead and it could yeah. have been there could have been other reasons absolutely can we also just talk about <laughs> that i actually thought it was very refreshing that they had a nice wedding because I oh, it was it. so I, cute. Oh, I love that. I thought okay. something was going to happen, go down at the wedding, like normally it does. And I thought it was very, it was very refreshing that they had a sweet wedding. I wasn't excited. And I, was, I didn't like her struggling to like plan the wedding, though. I thought that like was her fun. life was on the line. Bitch, like, this, this man like, is threatening to kill you and you just can't pick a date. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> I'm like, why is the planning of the wedding so hard? And it's like, she's trying to figure out how to get out of the house. And I'm like, can you make her feel more secure in this whole wedding planning process, yes. please? Because she's literally trying to throw something together with the bare minimum support of everyone, including Joey, who was supposed to be like her friend, who was still on the fence that she is like, not knowing exactly what their relationship is or like yeah. who side she's on and you're wanting her to plan this wedding and she's wanting to plan this wedding you could have given her so much more there if leo had come back and there was that big confrontation or someone was after cat the protect the protection would have made more sense but we never got anything where dante was like you're a target now or yeah, like, that never happened. Yeah. So I was like, what is so scary? When, like, except for you don't want her to run away. So I, I will touch on that. But since we're on the t- like subject of the wedding, really quickly, I do want to say I loved the toast thing that they did privately with their friends afterwards. Like, Very it's cute. it's more it of just so like, cute. yes. Like, and like, I think it was so cute how like she really built the friendships between these characters so well yeah. that it made you believe them, especially like, bringing Tony in I out of nowhere. I think it's because of Joey too. Yeah, oh, yeah, I love Tony. Joey because she was yeah. such a strong family character that I think really like him having this sister like that was huge, not rude. She wasn't mean, but she wasn't nice either. Like she was poster, genuinely, but I love that for her. <laughs> she like just had an attitude, but she was like yeah. she knew when to be nice, and so that is really what made the whole I think family aspect really tied together was her character. Yeah, yeah, I really love Joey. I I did not think I was going to like her. I really loved her. The only thing I think could have been done a little differently is like when Joey is helping Kat escape and sneak out. I felt like that confrontation could have felt went, like it was a like, setup. Yeah, I feel yeah, like it I did too. went a little better. Like I feel like 
they could have gotten to the car and then like the and then car, like Dante sitting. Yeah, something like that. Because like, I don't know. I didn't love Dante's character in that moment where he's like, put her in solitary confinement. That's what I was going to get at when I was at like touch back on this again later. Like I had no real issues. Like Dante, he was pretty two, two dimensional to me at that point. But like, I didn't really have issues with him until that when he he knew, knows that she's pregnant now and he secluded yeah, her in a room for <clears throat> seven days without even so checking in on her and also be. like she has done nothing prior to this to make you think that she's like mischievous or conniving like had she faked sick before yes escape, but she yeah hadn't. so like, also why do you think she's lying and also she told him that like, what did you expect me to do? You told me that like when you ha- no longer had use for me, that like you'd give me to these men and like as a pregnant woman, you will not have use for me anymore. What did you expect me to do? To not give her like an ounce of understanding that like, hey, you scared her shitless with that, especially because she is a victim of past trauma that's very similar to that, which he knew. Then to go around and treat her like that because of that, I was like, you're throwing a tantrum that is detrimental to her health and the child's health. And that's and not okay. And when the maid, when the maid was like, no, she's really sick. Like she's and just he's like, like no. throwing up on herself. And he's like, she's pretending I have never once to do that. And it was like thrown it was up on myself for funsies. Of, it was very out of pocket <laughs> for dramatics. For yeah, he's very overprotective of cats. That, so I'm that's like, why I was yes. so confused. Yeah, and I feel off. Like it would have went so much better, and I would have been rooting for him way harder had he not put her in solitary confinement. Had Cat not known she was pregnant, gone on a hunger strike because she's angry and she got caught trying to escape, or she wanted to leave, or whatever, she went on a hunger strike on her own accord. And started throwing up and feeling sick, thought it was like an effect of the hunger, was refusing Mm. to talk to anyone. And then he like basically knocks down the door, finds her passed out, takes her to the hospital. They find out she's pregnant and he's like, I will give you your freedom or I will do anything I have to do to keep you here. And that's when she stays there of her own accord to me. That would have been way a way better power dynamic. You know what I mean? I felt like his whole attitude throughout all of that was like pretty one shocking and out of character for him in two. It just left me with like a lot of distaste for him as a character. Cause I'm like, this is not chill. My guy like, and like yeah. he, he, he knew it wasn't chill. Like and he was expressing that to, to Max when he was having the conversation with Max it was like, what kind of fucked up person says the thing that I, and yet continues to do it. Fuck Max. Supported him. Like, for being like, oh, you do what you got to do. But then mm-hmm. after when she's fine, he's like, you know, you got this, my brother. I'm like, fuck you, Max. You sure so <laughs> wishy-washy. Like, I understand that you're loyal to your guy, but like, dude, no. Spin it straight. Just, exactly. just go for it. Like, you guys are you supposed feel. to be best friends. You don't lie to him when he's your best friend. Like, you're supposed yeah. to be brothers, best friends, all this shit. Like, you don't do that. I don't know. Like, I, I really did enjoy it. I thought it was a really good book. But like, that part just left me feeling... Uh, gross yeah Yeah. i wrote down was that i really enjoyed that her trauma didn't just disappear the things that he said it was just like well i'm gonna make your trauma go away and it was like yeah just keep comfort Uh, that's not how it works yeah because he sounded like a man in that moment he was yeah i understand you want to get your dick wet but like let's listen to the trauma i think it was very much like a real life red flag but like a book green flag you know yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. i feel like for me if had that happened in real life i'd be like girl run but in a book i'm like Okay, I could get. I okay, could get oh, he's trying right. to make you all better. How nice of him! <laughs> he's healing <laughs> you. Yeah, but I, I love. I feel like so often in romance books, when the female main character comes, like has baggage or trauma, it kind of just dissipates or disappears. Mm-hmm. And I like that hers didn't just Same. disappear, and she had to work through it. I enjoyed that as a reader and as a woman. Yeah. I feel like it made her it made me relate to Kat so well because she felt not just like a character, but like a person. She felt real. Like, that's one of the things I liked about her. She was a very real character. I, with the way 
that she was describing her back and the way that they had carved it into her back. I understand that he was trying to break down those barriers, but I felt like he didn't earn enough trust to be there breaking down those barriers. I felt like Mm -hmm. it could have still happened, but there needed to be more trust built between them before him trying to do that. Cause it was, it was early. Like two weeks. I was like, ah, you're talking a little like, you know, her. yeah. And you don't. Yeah, that's true. And that was the only part that I was like, it it was the book green flag, but the real life red flag. But that part specifically, I was like, I felt like we could have had the same outcome, but a little bit more trust building and relationship building. Yeah. yeah. You needed a little um, more fluff. I do. I do want to talk about, uh, did we go over like our icks yet? No, like, let's do that. I want to no. talk about like the biggest icks on this book real quick. Like for me, I said, Leo, like the brother, her whole like relationship with her brother, where she just devoted herself to him. Like, even though he like steal her money, run out, she didn't know he sold her, but he sold her twice, both times. I was like, just take my, take my sister instead. And then like, would come to her like needing stuff then fucking leave and like, not even worry about her when Dante said like, Hey, do you know what she did to like, what happened to her? Because of that he's like, Oh, she's fine. She's tough. And I'm like, Sir, she didn't deserve any of that, and he had no sort of remorse. And so yeah. I felt like I that. I feel like one... there wasn't enough backstory for that either. Like, why yeah. is he just so willy nilly no. selling Especially his sister? Because like, she put backstory to him, like he, like he was there for me, like when, like my mom died, and like blah 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 blah. Yeah. So why and, is like, he I care about him you. so much? And he's <laughs> just like, I don't give a shit. And so I'm like, that's. <laughs> I I feel like it doesn't really touch on like, yeah, we know he's in some shady shit and he's like playing like whatever games, but we don't really get the full in depth of what all he has gotten himself tangled into. And And I I feel like that could have been just tossed in there for a brief moment. I agree fully. Um, The other one, it's not so much. This one's not so much of an ick. It just kind of like took me by surprise. The baby, like the pregnancy. I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting a pregnancy trope in this book, but like okay like here we go i it's it wasn't upsetting to me i don't hate a pregnancy trope the way that a lot of people do in spicy books i don't hate them i think it adds a lot of emotional depth to the characters and so why but like i just wasn't expecting it them i I have seen a lot of controversy around pregnancy tropes and especially because i think at least a lot of the book talk that i'm on and mob talk that is a almost a circle so it's like a lot of the times like i hear about pregnancy tropes and i'm like this is the first book i've ever read with a pregnancy in it and i felt like i connected more because of the pregnancy that i have to a lot of books and so i was like i don't understand why you wouldn't this is one of the biggest things i can even relate to in the whole entire book again i thought it like i thought it brought the characters together emotionally really well um just like in preparation for this new life that they created but like i think mainly the people that don't enjoy pregnancy tropes are probably have never been mothers before or like just don't have kids at all and so like and like that is a big like a big i'm gonna start looking at that now a big ick for me was the second they mentioned plan B and then they just never brought it up again. I think it fed into her getting pregnant though. Right. And that's why, like, like, but, but yeah, them forgetting was, it was weird. Right. So I was like, why even mention plan B though? If you're just right? going to forget. Oh yeah. Second, yeah. The second he said, she said, oh, can you just get me plan B? And then she said he was busy. I was like, she's pregnant. Like the second that happened, I knew. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. Like, I was like, I wish there was like a little bit more of like a surprise. Because you like- can still get pregnant on plan B. So like she st- yeah. still could have taken it. She- or maybe plan B and they hooked up a week later. Like throw right. like one extra little scene in there. Like something. And, like he just happened to have a pregnancy test in the medic- medicine cabinet. Yeah. What if she went to Joey and was like, Joey, I think I Help. might be pregnant. And then mm-hmm. Joey helps her to sneak out to go get a pregnancy test. And that's why they're she sneaking still- out. And- could have been so mean to her and then that would have been right. like a relationship and development. that would have been yeah, like a turning that. point and then dante catches them but she doesn't know if she's pregnant or not yet so she doesn't want to say we were going to get a pregnancy test so she says we were i was trying to escape because she doesn't want joey to like take the fall and then that spout you know what i mean that's I how the escape like- would have happened yeah 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 i mean i had a feeling it was going to happen when he came in her and they didn't discuss birth control I half expect if you're going to go in without a condom in a book, if you don't have the conversation about contraceptives or birth control, uh, something's going to happen. My icks were, or ick is singular. It's not really like an ick. It's, it got on my nerves. They're constant bickering. It's back and forth. It was too much. 
it was a lot. And I understand that it was totally necessary, but I feel like she had all the time in the world to stew on things. So I get it. But also I, as a reader, I was just done with the fighting. If I wanted to listen to fighting or read fighting, I would just call my parents. Literally. (laughs) This isn't necessarily an ick, but I feel like the whole her, the guys who assaulted her were connected with Dante. I almost like didn't like it because it just made it like so I felt so set up. I think the p- reason I was okay with it is because they were technically not Dante's men. They were his dad's men that his dad that. made him oh, okay. love, even though he didn't like them. And he thought that they were bad at their jobs. His dad like still was like, no, you have to do this. That whole part um, of why they had her in the first place. Like it felt and like what was the price together? So what was the price that her brother five thousand dollars? Tell me why the dad was like, you have to marry her because why is her being married to him going to make her not tell people about what she saw? Because dad, because dad didn't think that he would. Because like Dante was so against marrying Nikki. Like Dante did say earlier that he he never intended on marrying ever Um, and his dad knew that and his dad knew that he like refused to marry nikki because he didn't want to get married so i think his dad gave him that ultimatum thinking that he didn't like this girl and that he never wanted to marry her so he was going to kill her anyway um because he just mindlessly killed people before and i i I see i see that connection from the dad because dad's dumb and like (laughs) very self-centered so i think that's why he gave them that ultimatum just because um any other thoughts I was about to ask that. I I think that we covered this pretty well, uh, yeah. but still, overall, I I enjoyed the book. I would recommend it to people if you want it. If you want a mafia book that's not too much, but still entertaining. Like this book was a solid three hundred and fifty pages. So I feel like that's like the good zone for. It's like it's it's snackable if you read often. So I I really liked it. Each week we rotate who chooses the book we read. Next week's book was chosen by Liz and she chose Ice Planet Barbarians by Ruby Dixon. You would think being abducted by aliens would be the worst thing that could happen to me. And you'd be wrong because now the aliens are having ship trouble and they've left their cargo of human women, including me, on an ice planet. And the only native inhabitant I've met He's big, horned, blue, and really, really has a thing for me. Big, horny, and blue, and really has a thing for her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Have you been seeing aliens on your For You page? Get ready to listen to us talk about big, horned, blue, and really, really sexy alien men. This is going to be my first paranormal romance. I'm very excited. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that we've hit everything that we needed to. We have been your literature captains for the evening. Signing out, I am Tori. I'm Alex. I'm Liz. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you guys next week.